So I ask you this question. Are you consumed by what you see on television? Are you consumed by what you see on Facebook Live, on videos? Come on, listen. I, I try to stay away from all that trash, man. But even believers, all they do all day and night is post about what Newsmax is saying. And the vote here, and we flipped this county red, and we flipped this county blue. We are so consumed by what we see out here that we forget to, to step into what God wants to do here. Are we more worried about our food? <laughs> That's awesome. Are we more worried about um, our bills? I know people, I know believers, listen, I, 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 that what they're doing is they're going up and they're buying all this food. We saw what happened when the toilet paper disappeared. Remember that? You couldn't get no toilet paper? Real deal, man. Like what? That's what I'm going to remember about 2020. Oh, man, do you remember? I had to go to the bathroom so bad. And there was no toilet paper. No, I'm just kidding. But listen, you're going to remember the toilet paper. Right? And for anybody who knows what that's like to not have toilet paper, that's a scary thing. <laughs> but think about that. So we, we now, because we saw a little glimpse of that, what happens? Now every time we get a chance, we're buying all the toilet paper. We're buying all the food. I mean, I remember when Y2K hit. Y'all remember when Y2K came? It's the end of the world. The computers can't recognize that last digit. Never in the history. So there's going to be a melt, computer meltdown and all the computer systems are going to crash. The banking system. Everybody start pulling your money out of the bank. And what did I do? I fed into it. I told my wife, we got to go get the money out of the ATM. Let's go to the store. We went to the store. Man, I started buying stacks of 20-pound bags of rice, beans. Yeah, I'm, I'm Hispanic, man. Tortillas and rice and beans, bam, you're good. You could do all kinds of things with rice and beans, boy. That's what we did, right, babe? I mean, we went and we stacked it up, man. I had rice for days. And I remember, you know, but it was all done out of fear. And I was serving the Lord. But it was done out of fear. <laughs> and I remember watching like that midnight come and like, okay, here we go. <laughs> because at that stroke, when it turned, the year turned, the computers were supposed to go down and all the lights were going to shut off in the whole city and state. Remember? The power grids were going to go off. Y'all teenagers don't remember this. Yeah. But your mom and dad went through it, boy. And then I'm there watching, waiting. And then it comes. Poof. And then the news, oh, it was a minor glitch. It was like five-minute outage, and it was, we're all good now. Just like that, 
that thing passed. Right? But the thing is, is I went out and I began to, I went to, because out of fear, I went out there. And we're seeing that even now. We have preppers. We have believers. They're going to buy, listen, they're buying all kinds of stuff. And even now, I, I get it. They're expecting a, a civil war. They're expecting a civil war. Buying all the guns and all the ammo. I'm not saying don't buy it. What I'm saying is like, let the Lord lead you and what you do. If your motivation is fear, then you already you already missed it. And I remember Bob Jones once said this. He says, listen, if you're going out and you're buying food for the sake of feeding yourself and your family, you're already wrong. And think about that for, well, well man, I got five kids. I got to feed my family. But he says that it's wrong. I'm going to give you scripture. Because see, what happens is at that moment, we're doing something out of fear. I'm going and buying groceries because I'm afraid that I'm going to run out of food. So therefore, I'm going to go and I'm going to buy what I need to, out of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, for, I have, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. Who is God? God is love. So those who fear is not made in perfect love. Come on. I hope you caught that. So when you're selfish and you do for yourself, Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4 says this, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem each other better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Listen, if your motive of saving up and doing stuff is so that you can give to the kingdom. If my brother Tripp here has a whole storeroom of food and then something hits, then he says, hey, I need you to come to my house. I got plenty for everybody. Or does he hold on to and say, well, this is for my family. So the question again I'm asking you this morning Do you seek his hand or do you seek God's face? So we're going to go on a little bit of a journey here. Let's turn to Exodus 12. Exodus 12, and we're going to start on verse 36. 
So you got to give me a, uh, a little bit of a grace this morning because I got my old man glasses last week. And they got bifocals in them. When I go like this, whoa. And I look around, everything disappears. It goes up and down. and So I'm looking like this, and it just, wow, Jesus. So have mercy and grace on me today. <laughs> so we're going to go on this little bit of a journey. I'm going to read, uh, kind of follow with me. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested as thus they plundered the Egyptians. Then the, whoa, hold on one second. Make sure I got this right scripture. Yeah, I'm going to go 36 to 40. Okay. And 37. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth about 600 thousand men on foot besides children. Can you imagine? For those who don't know the story, go back and read the whole story in Exodus, but this, the, 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 the children of Israel are coming out of, uh, they're coming out of Egypt. Pharaoh had just let them go. You already seen the, you know, let my people go, you know? Yeah. So they're coming out of Egypt and there's about 600,000 men on foot Besides the children, verse 38, a mixed multitude went up with them, also the flocks and herds and great deal of livestock. They had baked unleavened cakes and dough, which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and they could not wait, nor did they prepare provisions for themselves. Verse 40, now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt for 430 years, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. I thought this was really interesting. So 430 years. So we look. I, I was looking this up. The 430 represents God's promise to Abraham and his deliverance of the children of Israel from the Egyptian bondage. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a picture of the promise of Abraham. Verse 42, it is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them to the land of Egypt. This is the night of the Lord, the solemn observance of the children of Israel throughout the generations. Now let's turn to, let's turn to Exodus 13. And we're going to start on verse 22. No, sorry, we're going to start in verse 17. <clears throat> then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people 
change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Then verse 18 says this, So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Think about that for just a second. So God knew (laughs) there was a shortcut. He could have gotten there a lot faster, a lot easier. God knew there was a shortcut. But he says that God took them to a place of the wilderness because he knew that when they would be faced with war, they would retract and go back to where they came from. Sometimes our wilderness moments in our own life, we think, whoa, God, why, God? And God's like, listen, I put you in the wilderness. I'm taking you to the very place that you need to go. And it may be a little harder. It may be a little rocky. It may feel hard. But God's saying, listen, I'm taking you here because there's something I want to show you. There's a lesson in what God's wanting to teach us. Because sometimes when we go another route and it's so simple and it's roses and it's pretty, when we're, when we're, when we're uh, hit by hard times, guess what? We just throw in the towel. We just give up. I, I say this often, and I remember a time that I was going through the mountains of Arizona, and there was a mountain to my right, my left, I'm sorry, and we were driving, and I must have gone. It felt like it felt like hundreds of miles, just driving and driving and driving. And this mountain range never finished. Like this mountain range was forever. And it wasn't until I got to I must have felt like hundreds of miles later, turn. And then the mountains went this way. And I could go, and it was a clear path. See, sometimes when we, we go through things and we, 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 we hit the mountain seasons of our life, it, and I remember <laughs> as a kid, I remember as a kid thinking, like, I wouldn't climb that mountain. I would find a way to bust way the hole through it and go straight through this thing. Because of our unwillingness to wait and see what the Lord has for us. And that's what happens to us sometimes. We can't wait on the Lord. And it's really the Lord that's putting us in our wilderness season. Verse 19 says this, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you. You shall carry up my bones from here with you. Verse 20 so they took their journey from Sukkoth, Sukkoth or whatever, and camped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night by a pillar of fire giving them light. So as far as they go, by day and night, he did not, verse 22, He did not take away the pillar of clouds by day or the pillar of fire by night from 
or for the people. I don't know if you've ever been in a, a desert. I don't think I've ever been in a desert at that late at night. But I have been in the hill country. And it's extremely hot during the day. But in the nighttime, it drops. And it's extremely freezing cold. Magnify that by probably 20 or 30 or even 100 in the desert. So you're in the desert. It could be 130, 140 degrees in the desert. And when the nighttime comes, it drops. It could be 19 degrees, 18 degrees. So it's said that he was, God was with them as a cloud by day. That meant that there was, that was a cloud. Okay. So I remember as a, as a teenager, ball, I, I, would, I would pray to God that he would send a cloud. You know, if you if you don't have never played a sport, if you've never been outside, you won't understand this. But as a, as a football player, I'm outside and we're running drills, we're cracking helmets, and we're tired and I can barely breathe. And when I see that cloud coming, I'm like, oh God, yes, man, yeah. And that cloud comes and it sits, and there's a cool breeze that comes with the cloud. Are y'all getting this? Like it's a cool cloud breeze. Man, so they were walking with a cloud by day in the desert hours of the heat, and there was a cool breeze that blew upon them. They didn't feel it. And then at night, when it was freezing, they had a cloud of fire. What did it do? It kept them warm. Gave them light, right? And they're in the desert. Like, where do we go? Have you ever driven down this road at 10 o'clock at night? Man, it's like you can't see your face. Can you imagine? I'm just, just trying to give you guys a visual. God provided. He provided. Then we skip down to 14 and verse 2. No, verse 1, we'll start at verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hiroth, which is between Migdal and the sea opposite of Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it, by the sea. Stop right there. So the Lord's telling Moses, go tell the children of Israel, go and I want you to camp right here by Pi Haroth. I don't know, I'm probably saying that wrong. Which was the mouth of despair. That's what it was called. It was the mouth of despair. And then you go, so he's there. You've got the sea here. 
And then on this side, you have the mountains. So they come, and they're right there. And now God says, I want you to camp right there. Well, there's nowhere for them to go. Literally, they're at the mouth. That's why it's called the mouth of despair. Like, can you imagine? And the whole time, and I want you to go and read this, but, but the whole time, Pharaoh, he had a plan. He let them go, but he knew the direction that they went. He knew that they went through the place of the wilderness, and he knew that they were going to be right there. He knew they were going to get stuck at that mouth. So that's why his plan was to go and kill them from the very beginning. But he didn't know. So verse 3, so Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land and the wilderness has closed them in. That's what God's, can, let me read that again. For the, the, for the Pharaoh will say, the children of Israel they are bewildered by the land, and the wilderness has closed them in. And then God says this, Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army. And the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So verse 5, now it was told of the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That they have left Israel, go, and go from serving us. So he made ready his chariots and took his people with them. He also took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with the captains over every one of them. The choice chariots was the elite. It was the ones that were, they were, it was, it was, they were all by, driven by the captains, right? And the Lord hardened heart, the heart of Pharaoh Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went on, went out with a boldness. Okay, so I'm, I got a lot here. Try to speed this up. So the Egyptians pursued them, and all the horses and the chariots of the Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them camping by the, besides uh, Pi Heroth, right there. They were at the mouth. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Like, God, what? Like, right? And then they said to Moses, because... There were no graves in Egypt. You have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? 
Is it not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For we would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. Listen. They had the cloud by day, and they had the fire by night. They had been the wonders of God. But all they were looking for was his hand. They never were looking for his face. And Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who see you today, you shall see again no more forever. (laughs) And the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Man, that's a boldness, man. Why do you think Moses was able to say that? Well, he had his face-to-face encounters. Man, he knew the face of the Father. Because the, uh, listen, the face, part of my, Asking the Lord about this, wanting to see his face. He says, do you know what is beautiful about my face? And he says, it's my eyes. And he began to speak to me about his eyes. And that his eyes are captivating the beauty of his eyes. You see, and, and, and I can only explain this this way. And I pray that you experience this. But his eyes are like... Like, a, like an, a beautiful ocean of water in his eyes. And it, it's the captivating. You can see the glory. You can see the presence. You can feel his love. You can see everything in his eyes. And it, it's, it's, it's mesmerizing. You get captivated. And that's why people, when they have a true encounter with the Lord, they're like, I don't want to come out. I want to stay there because you're captivated by his beauty. You're captivated by the, by the presence of the Lord. So because he had seen the glory, he had seen the presence of, of the Father, he had seen the face of God, he could boldly say, don't be afraid, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you. And this is it right here. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Come on, man. We, We know this story. Verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses... Why do you cry to me? It's a question mark. <laughs> uh, that might be a good Bible study right there. 
And the Lord told Moses, why do you cry to me? And then he says, tell the children of Israel to go forward. I believe that's, that's a word for us, the body. Go forward. Why are you staying where you're at? But God, there's a, there's a sea. There's mountains. I can't go no more, God. I don't have no money in my pocket. My car's broken. I feel sick. I don't know what to do. Where do you want me to go? And he says, move forward. And then he says in verse 16, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will follow them so that I will gain honor over the Pharaoh and over his armies and his chariots. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when they have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. And then verse 19, And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel, listen, that's a key, before they got there, it says the angel of God had already gone. Before you get to your valley, before you get to the wilderness, before you get to that place, the angel of God has already gone before you. And he's prepared the way. It says that he went before the camp and he moved and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went on from before before them and stood behind them. Can you imagine? They're coming. We know the story, right? And the pillar of cloud went from before them to stand behind them. So it became between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, it was a cloud of darkness to the one and it gave light and night to the other so that the one did not come near the other that night. So they're camping, and God sends it this way. And <laughs> Come on, man. Complete. Ah. <laughs> I like this stuff, man. I tell you where I get up. God's so good. Verse 21. Then Moses stretched out. You know what's really beautiful about this? We see in verse... Uh, Verse 16, God's talking to Moses, and he tells him, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Right? That's what he tells him. And then we see in verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. <laughs> okay. Nowadays, I want you to go to that man. I want you to pray for them. They got cancer. I want to heal them. And we don't do nothing. We sit in our chair 
Oh, somebody else will do it. Oh, no. We just, and we pass it by. But here we see Moses. God's telling him, stretch out the rod and divide the sea. <laughs> and Moses didn't say nothing like, well, well how's that going to work? You know, like, I mean, man, it's, how deep is that water? You know, am I going to get wet? Oh, I mean, think about that. He didn't care. God told him, go and lift it up. And, and then he goes into 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. He just did it. What was it that made him confident that he could do that? I believe it's because he, he knew the glory of God. He saw his face. He saw his eyes. He saw the, the awestruck wonder of God Almighty God. <laughs> you know, we... I'm trying to give you a picture because I want you to see this. So the children of Israel went out into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were all a wall on them, and the wall to them on their right and on the left. And 23, and the Egyptians pursued, and they went after them in the midst of the sea, and all of the horses and the chariots and the horsemen. Um, we know the story. They go in there and... You don't know the story, go finish it. The Lord commands us to seek his face. It says, Thy face, you see in the Psalms where he says, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. He doesn't say, Seek my hands. Seek what I can do for you. Seek me because I'm going to give you a pillar of fire. Seek me because I'm going to give you the cloud by day. He, did. he said, seek my face, not my hand. And see, some of us, our prayers, God, I really need money for my light bill. I really need money for this. I really need money for that. I need this, God. I need this. And the truth is, after God, seek his face, and all of that is released unto you. That's why you can sit there and, and say, raise up my hand. Lord, I thank you for my light bill. Ha! I thank you for the gas in my car, God. We have to, give, we have to become a people of presence. The face of God in the Hebrew, the word face is often translated as the presence. When we seek the face of God, we are seeking his presence. Now I'm going to say something that I don't want my heart to get misrepresented 
and don't hear what I'm not saying. But sometimes we can get so, so um, that the word, the word of the Lord says, and the word of God says, I only do King James. I, uh, you know, praying in tongues, brother, that's, don't pray in tongues unless there's an interpreter. And, and we can get into a whole lot of areas. Word, word, word. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm only going to speak from, from experience. You go to third world countries, people don't even know how to read. They have never read the word a day in their life. But when the presence of the Lord comes, oh, man, the word comes alive. You see, you can have word, 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 and, well, our ministry is, we're a word of God. And I get all that. I'm not, I'm not saying the word. You need, we need the word. You cannot do it. I mean, the word is the word of the Lord. But... The presence of God <laughs> is where the word comes alive. Don't hear what I'm not saying, guys. I'm not saying, I, I know there's religious bells are going, boop, 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 boop. no. But I'm telling you what. I've been places and I've seen things where people, I'll give you an example. I was asked to do a, uh, a, a crusade on Skype one time. I said, how does that even work? You know, it was in Pakistan. And I'm sitting there, I said, okay, you know, I'll do this thing. And I'm cozy in my office. I had a, this is, this is many years ago. Oh, projector on the wall. And I had my computer connected to it. And then the people in Pakistan were going to plug me in. I was going to see all the people on my wall. I mean, I was, I had it all, right? I was good. And then I go and then I, I, I plug in and then they turn me on over there in, in this little, and they're in a room Smaller than our foyer, way smaller than our foyer. And there's hundreds and hundreds of people sitting Indian style, shoulder to shoulder on a dirt, like just dirt. And, and I could see, and all they had was a little bitty laptop. You see, like, the, this is what they're doing. And that's the people. And they just see a picture of my face right there. They didn't have big speakers. They didn't have anything. They were like this, trying to hear me. And <laughs> talk about, about presence. And I prayed, and I was like, I was, I mean, I had a message, man. I was like, ready. I was ready, like, you know, I was like, oh, I got this, God. We're going to do you good. And I get there, 
And they started worshiping and they start translating. And, and the whole time they're translating what I'm saying. And it was so frustrating because I couldn't hear them. And they couldn't hear me. And all they were saying, okay, go pastor, go pastor, go pastor. They're just saying, pastor, go, pastor, go, pastor, go. And I got so, like, hindered in my spirit. And I'm watching people, and they had two Bibles for hundreds of them. They, I would give a scripture, and they would read the scripture, and they would pass the Bible. And they're passing it to person to person. And I'm thinking, man, I got ten Bibles on my shelf. I mean, just sitting there. And here they are, so hungry. And I got so frustrated because, it, like, the Internet was breaking down. So I, I just closed, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to pray. So I just, I look at the, ca the ca camera on my laptop, and I can see all the people on my big old, it was a, like a 65-inch on the wall. And I just, and I just, boom, I just begin to pray. I said, Father, I thank you, God. And I declare, God, your goodness, God. And I just begin to go. I wasn't it was just a prayer. And then I got off that night, and I closed up, and I finished, and I began to weep, and I was crying, man. And I went to my room. I told my wife, I said, I said, babe, I blew it. I blew it. So what do you mean? I said, man, I blew it. And I'm, I'm in tears, man. I'm like, my heart was broken. I said, God, I said, babe, I said, I had one opportunity. Like I really had, I had one, and I said, I had one opportunity to convey the Father's heart, and I blew it. All I did was pray. I didn't tell him nothing. The next morning, I went to bed. I went to bed broken, guys. And that, to the point where I just said, you know, God, I just, I got to give it to you. And then I woke up the next morning, and then, uh, my Skype thing rings, and I said, hello. And it was the pastors from over there, Pakistan. I said, pastor, pastor, you know now what happened. I'm like, what happened? He said, when you begin to pray, he said, three witches in the front row jumped up. He says, they jumped up. That's Siri talking about, right? Jumped up. Yeah. Rebuke that spirit of Siri. <laughs> you want to hear some funny story? <laughs> so I got a I got an Alexa. I'm gonna finish on the other story, but I got an Alexa the other day because we had the Google in the house and I would say, Hey Google, play this or hey Google play that. But my son has one in his room, too. So every time I would say, hey, Google, his would go off. So I said, man, I said, you got to get rid of your Google, man. He said, I ain't going to do it. I just got me, a, you know. I said, well, I'm going to go give me an Alexa then. So I went and I bought an Alexa. What did I ask it? Oh, um, and you said, oh, yeah, yeah. So Alice has a. She has a hard time talking now. All devices. It's so frustrating. <laughs> you gotta. It's funny. I gotta film it one day. 
It's like, hey, Google, do this. Hey, Google, what are you going to do this? Do this. And it doesn't respond to her. So then, so, so because she talks to her like it's like in an old sentence. Like it's a real human being. And then she gets mad when it doesn't respond to her. So, so she tells Alexa to, hey, Alexa, play, play this. And then Alexa doesn't, she doesn't, she ignores her. And so then Alice says, hey, Alexa, I'm going to fire you. And then Alexa responds to her. And she says, ooh. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 check it out. Alexa goes, ooh. Well, I'm going to do a spell on you. Yes. And it says, abracadabra. And now I'm rehired. And then Alice jumps in. She says, oh, heck no. Alexa, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. She started rebuking Alexa, man. It was good. <laughs> this is what happens in our house, right? It was so funny, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so anyway, I was there, and the pastors, oh, okay. the pastors tell me, pastor, pastor, you don't know what happened. We had three witches in the front, and they jumped up when you began to pray. He said they fell to the floor. They started slithering like a snake. They got set free. They gave their life to Jesus. He said at the same time, there was a little boy in the front row that had club feet and club hands. And he was like this. He stood up, and all of a sudden, it just started happening. And then they said, when you pre when you were praying, he said there was a line of a hundred men that were standing outside of the hut, and all they were doing was listening through the window, and it broke outside, and people began to have like revival outside. And all they were doing was watching a little laptop. And then I got off, and I was like, What just happened? And the Lord spoke to me. He said this. He says, it was never about you. He said, it's about my presence. That could have been like a Charlie Brown teacher. But what they heard was, in the name of Jesus, the power, the glory, miracles, signs and wonders, raise the dead. That's what they heard in the spirit. Come on, isn't that, that's why I said the presence of God, that's the glory. So what are you seeking today? You see, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. His hand represents the works. And his power. Psalms 103, it says that he made known his ways to Moses. You see, Moses 
knew God's face. The people only knew his miracles. So the people weren't seeking his face. They were seeking the hand of God. But when you seek his face, everything becomes manifested. Everything. Second Chronicles, I'm, a, I'm closing with this. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive you of their sins and I will heal their land. This is where we are at right now. Us as believers, stop being the Facebook police. Stop trying to be Donald Trump's personal assistant. Seek his face. Matthew 6, verse 32. For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything gets added unto you. Come on, that is, y'all got to get that. God's faithful ones are called to seek his face always. But you have to seek his face continually. Listen, when you're at work, when you're driving in the car, Father, you're so good. Man, God, you're so good. You're at work. Man, thank you for my kids, God. Lord, you're so faithful, God. You're so good, God. You're just kissing the Father all day. You want to see transformation happen in your lives? Seek the Lord. You want to see miracle signs and wonders? Seek his face. That's how it happens. When you chase after God things, God things chase you. He wants us to know him. If we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. Come on, that's a good word. James 4.8 says this. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. I'm going to close in prayer. But for those who are watching and even for those that are here, I just feel like I want to give an opportunity 
if you don't know this God that I'm talking about, if you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about this morning, maybe you've been in church, maybe you've, you've, you've heard your mom and your father your, or your brothers and sisters, but if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you see, your neighbor's not going to get you to heaven. Your mom and dad are not going to get you to heaven. Your mom's salvation is not going to get you to heaven. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Because I'm telling you what, that's what the Lord was saying this morning. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And I want to give an opportunity. If there's anybody in here that would say, listen, I don't, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I've ever given my life to the Lord. I don't, I don't know, but, but I know that this new year that's coming, I want to make sure that I'm going to do everything right. Because it's telling us right now, come close to God, and I will come close to you. Purify your hearts. So if there's anybody in here that says this morning, I want to know Jesus. Would you raise your hand this morning? Don't hold back if there's anybody. Okay. For those who are watching, I want to give you an opportunity. On our website right now, there's a thing you'll see. It says decision card. I want you to say this prayer with me right now. Say, Father, I repent of my sins. I believe you died and you resurrected. And right now, Lord, I ask you in my heart, I ask you to cleanse my sins, God. And right now, Lord, I surrender my all. Make me new right now in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you what, if you just said that right now, I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. I want to welcome you to the family of God. We love you. Psalms 24, verse 3 says this. Let's stand up. Let's stand. Let's be close with this scripture. Psalms 24, 3 through 6 says this. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and pure hearts. Who does not trust in this place? The one, I'm sorry, the one who has clean hands and pure hearts and who does not trust in an idol or swear in a false god. They will receive the blessing from the Lord and the vindication from God, their Savior. Such is a generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God, the God of Jacob. Father, right now we just thank you, God, that even now, Lord, that you would begin to give us a revelation, God, a desire to go deeper with you, Lord. And Father, this morning, God, we just say, God, we seek your face, God.
Show us your face, God. Show us your glory. Wow. Show us your glory, God. Come on, Peter. Show us your face, God. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Show me your face. 